This is a very special episode of the Technology Whispers. In this episode, I am joined by Amanda Watson, and we talk about something that's not necessarily technology or demystifying technology, but but really about women and diversifying the people that work in technology. With International Women's Day coming up, we thought it would be good to have this conversation and see the value that women and diversified people in the workplace can bring to technology. So although not technically demystifying technology, we're kind of demystifying the value that comes from having a diversified workforce. Along with this, Alistair, although not on the podcast, will be presenting and working with a group of women in an, in an upcoming International Women's Day event, and I will put links to that in the show notes. So sit back and enjoy, because Amanda is a brilliant speaker. Hi, my name's Jason Barcham. I'm an associate partner with Servian New Zealand. Welcome to the Technology Whisperers, a technology and innovation podcast brought to you by Servian with your hosts, Alistair Ross and Sean Muller. Join us as we demystify the latest emerging innovative technologies for businesses of all shapes and sizes, sharing our thoughts on how you can improve your current technologies, practices and processes to transform your business. Welcome back to the Technology Whisperers. We have a very special episode today. Alistair won't be joining me for this one, but I am overjoyed to have the lovely Amanda Watson join me today. We have a very special topic, one that is near and dear to my heart. I think it's hugely valuable. We're, we're going to talk about women in tech. And women in diversity in technology fields is, I think, hugely powerful and hugely beneficial. And Amanda brings an incredible viewpoint to this. So without further ado, Amanda Watson. Wow, thank you, Sean. That was some introduction. Yes, thank you very much. And so I'm really looking forward to this podcast. I'm very grateful and excited to be here to talk about something that uh, I feel very passionate about, which is women in technology, women in IT, diversity, and a lot of the work that we do in tech women, obviously, I'm really looking forward to promoting a lot of that for the, the listeners. This particular to- podcast, the, the topic or the, the kind of the mantra of our podcast is, is that we demystify things. <laughs> Generally, they're technology things, right? So we talk about AI, we talk about security, and we just recently recorded a podcast about graph analytics, which is a very complicated subject. Some, there are some people that would say, whoa, whoa, whoa why are you have demystifying podcasts about women in tech? That's pretty straightforward. I don't think it is. I think that business leaders, I think the general public, don't understand the complexity of the difficulties of getting a more diversified viewpoint within technology solution development across the board. And that's why I really think this podcast is important. Well, I'm in complete agreement with you. And 
I feel that it is a really broad topic and something that I'm probably going to to give you lots of information on with lots of passionate perspective. So I'll start really, really simply. The reason that this group was created, it was founded by some people around about five or seven years ago. We're part of NZ Tech Alliance Mm. and this is the tech women part of that and a lady called Eva Sherwood who is um, our chair and a lady called Summer, Summer Always. She is at Microsoft and Eva works at Deloitte and they're very, very prominent in their career, very, very passionate about women in industry, in IT. And I came into this group two years ago and it was something I was really passionate about. And uh, the reason that I joined it was because I have been called hi, you're the diversity in the room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes I am. And there's the other one over there. Hi. (laughs) And the two of you look at each other and go, that's it. We're, you know, surrounded by a hundred men and there's two of us. And generally the only other sort of females in in an event are either PR or they're marketing, they're either running the event or they're sorting out the catering, you know, and as as stereotypical as that sounds, it's real. And so this group, Tech Women New Zealand... And I'll put a link to Tech Women New Zealand in the podcast. Absolutely. So if anybody wants to join or And in all, in all fairness, Servian is a member of several of the Tech Alliance forums, the AI forum, along with this one. So just keeping above board so that we know that Servian's a sponsor of it. But I'll make sure I put links in the podcast notes. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. And because the other thing that I was going to say is... We don't, I mean, and and this should probably come up later, but it's a great segue, so I'll chuck it in now. Even though we're Tech Women New Zealand, even though our members are women, we have sponsors and men that are men, sponsors and promoters that are male. So, for example, our GM, our Serbian GM, Stu Spears, he has part of the mentoring circles, Mm. for example, and we have also had several team leads. Alistair is going to be one of them mm. with the upcoming International Women's Day webinar that we're going to do. So we balance that viewpoint and opinion because the reason that Tech Women New Zealand was created was so that women who had experiences of being the diversity in the room or the silenced person in the room. Mm-hmm. No offense to any wonderful men that I, you know, work with in any way. However, when you walk into a room quite often in a technical environment or into a management environment, you have to prove yourself as a woman because there's six men looking at you, you know, who are, all know each other rather well or they've met a thousand times or sure. they have a banter, they have a language which is understood. And women come from a different perspective. Now, something I've seen change massively even in two years, especially in our company, is that real embracing of the women's language, you know, the power skills, you know, and the nurturing and the empathy and these leadership skills that are really being promoted, which are now called human skills or behavioral skills. You can often... EQ. EQ. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can often find lots of, what are they called, the people that promote things, influencers and et cetera on YouTube. They're they're promoting a lot of these wonderful skill sets Mm. that women naturally have. But these skill sets have not been seen as something which would be at the SLT or a leadership table. Or seen as valuable. Correct. And it's, it's really recently 
that that has come through. And so what the the balance allows us to bring is, you know, a different perspective that is non-threatening. Yeah. Right. So that is something we talk a lot about in tech women as well. Some of the other things that we I've known through COVID hirers, team team managers, people hiring, as you'd know, Sean, have had to go broader in their look. Oh, absolutely. Because there's not the overseas, let's have a skilled person with yakety-smackety and technical doohickeys. Instead, they're having to go, well, what if we got two returning mothers whose skill set is two years old, but let's brush it up. Let's get them in and see what they're, you know? You're right. There has been a little bit of um, positive from COVID is is that people that would have been sidelined because they were out of the workplace for a period of time have been given the opportunity to come in and shine. Absolutely, and grow. And so this is something else that we talk a lot about in Women in Technology, because we, in fact, we're going to be doing, here's my promotional bit, (laughs) on the um, 8th of March, Tuesday, the 8th of March, it's International Women's Day, and we're going to be doing a panel with four four different speakers coming at different perspectives. It's on imposter syndrome, but there's much more to it than that. I think imposter syndrome is actually a very flippant term for, you know, when you enter into something or back into something, mm. you know, the fake it till you make it or you're hanging out with a loads of people. You know, when you walk into a meeting room and you're the, the a different colour, a different age, sure. a different sex, and there's that imposter syndrome. It's like, am I, you know, will people hear what I have to say? Is what I have to say correct and legitimate, etc. and so on? So that's something we're talking about in our webinar, which I'll promote at the end and we'll put a, put a link on as well. But also we're doing a year long program in exactly this is which is called return to IT now that can happen as a graduate you can return to IT you've done an overseas experience yes I'm pretty sure eventually that will happen again even though (laughs) global pandemic doesn't allow and it's how do you remember that your year off has given you so many other skills Hmm. and as a hirer when you see, or you know, an employer, when you see a CV comes through and it said, I went to South Africa or South America or Europe for 12 months, you should be looking at that going, oh, what's their, what's their communication skills like? Yeah. What did they learn? What's their resiliency? Rather than, oh, they missed a year in IT, put them to the bottom of the park. Yeah. And that's an education thing. Yeah. You know, that's a rethinking how we employ people and what a skill set really is. And COVID has really helped with that. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's shortages of workers have opened it up so that maybe the bottom of the list is only two down rather than 20 down. And so yeah. oftentimes you get to that one that's two or three down. But I I really struggle with this. I understand the let's let's set aside the moral aspect. Right. The, the, is that we should ever give everybody a chance regardless of you know their background or who they are as a person. We should be giving people a chance. I like to look at the upside of it, which is there's this huge value to having diversity in what you do. So when you talk about technology solutions, if you have diversity of input into the designing of that solutions, then you have diversity of consumption of those solutions down the road. So businesses rise, consumption rises. We see that even in some of the large multinationals, they become rigid within their structures and without that diversity, they can't get out of those structures and oftentimes they they really struggle. And you get a lot of, by the way, this isn't necessarily just a women in tech thing because 
you get to a certain size and you get the leadership is surrounded by people that only tell them yes, which results in a lot of really bad behavior, both from a business perspective, but from a personal perspective. And having that voice in the room, that diversity in the room that says, no, 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 that's not that's not right. We shouldn't be looking at it that way. Is I think it's massively valuable for organizations. I think they rise on it. Well, they they either rise to it or they they're frightened of it. Yes. So I think one of the things so about having diversity in a leadership perspective, which includes having women, but also different colors, different ages, yep. youth, for example. And as we know in Serbia, in some of our most passionate, skilled people are brand new yep. into into our business, graduates, interns, and they they bring so much, so much passion, so much view, so the youth, their understanding of what the youth want. So you know, even even that in its diversity, should there should be something like that in the management, you know, like reversing mentorship or part of SLTs that feed them. Because like you say, you get like a specific comfort breed at the top. You get um, specific ideas and a specific age yeah. generally. And, you know, you look at the structures of many diverse like government companies, our company, IT companies, all sorts of companies. So many of the workers, I mean, our office is a prime example. We have four Kiwis and a hundred different other nations, yeah. you know. We've got American, English, Scottish, Chinese, Argentinian, Brazilian, you know, Philippine, Indian, you name it. And why is that not represented in an SLT? And I think that's a really good question for lots and lots of companies. And I think what you say is quite scary and true, which is the ZS culture. And also we are breaking out of the mold. So I'm about to do a tangent here where... You know, women are the only sex that can carry a child and have a child, and they have been impacted because of that biological aspect. And as the balance of working in, in, you know, within corporate business changes and there's a lot more female influence, generally a woman, you know, even now will be looking at what's the maternity benefits that I get when, how will I be supported when I come back? Will someone be seconded into my role? Will I be overlooked for coming back? Will I be overlooked? Because you're penalised for being the only, like if I could give my uterus to my husband and go okay you do six months I'll do six months both of our skill set will stay the same and then you know but that balance goes then you have all the hormonal aspects of I need to nurture my children and then the male aspect which is I need to be a provider and so we're battling with our genetic makeup we're battling with you know 40 or 50 years of all this huge change of bringing women into the industry and how do we support that and I think the new pioneering way which I know Servian's a part of as well and there are some really forward companies well, out there doing this. And Cognizant. I mean, and Cognizant, Jane yeah. Livesley is, is huge on on this this movement. So. Yes, and the supporting. Yeah. You know, it's like how does the family unit support the, the growth and the benefit of the child, the growth and the benefit of the employees, which are either male or female, and the extended family. So the, what's the leave? What's the work? What's yeah. the support? So we have people in our team, as you know, who are down to four days a week so that they can help support their partner. How And that allows somebody else in their team to step up and learn how to lead for a yeah. day. So you're actually benefiting because you're teaching someone how to take over over those reins and I, I see a movement starting it's quite pioneering and it's quite new about corporates going okay so what do we do about the overall family unit not 
how many weeks do we give the woman to go off and have a baby and come back? Yeah. You know, so it's a much broader discussion. And we talk about all of this in Tech Women New Zealand, you know. And the other thing that we're looking at and very focused on is bringing young women into the industry. So a lot of, and that starts at school. Absolutely. Right, so we have Shadow Tech, which is about going into schools. And there's also, I think it's something called like an Edu Hub or something, which is part of, you know, the New Zealand program, which is a lot around this sort of thing. Trying to get into the schools, which has been really difficult with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Getting into the schools and talking to them because a lot of girls don't naturally have an affiliation with thinking about technology. And the irony is... If anybody's got children, you can't get them off technology. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so they want to use it. They want to consume it. But And I was just recently having a discussion with somebody just a few minutes ago. The ones that are interested in technology and engineering and mathematics, they walk into the room and they see they're the only one or two women in the room. And... The younger generation are not exactly the most pleasant of people to people from who appear outside of their Absolutely. tribe, which yeah. makes it really hard, which then the girl turns around and walks out. She yeah. she doesn't want to be in that environment. And and I think th- that's really hard. So the, the fact that you guys are – the organization is, is trying to drive that support into the education because it really does. It By the time it gets to university, if the girl's not interested in, in technology – you're not going to force her into technology at university. No. So it really needs to start at, at the primary schools and, and, you know, going into the middle schools and going into the college level before they get to university. And the irony is um, IT or technology is a backbone to literally everything now. Yeah. And why is it not a bigger part of the syllabus? Why is it not, you know, started from when they're five doing yeah. coding and computers? Well, and, it is starting to be. Which is exactly as it should be. Yeah. So my my five-year-old, six-year-old, he touches an iPad almost every single day. A lot of his education is within the iPad, and a lot of the structures around the phonetics and stuff now look like computer programming, Mm -hmm. very similar to computer programming. Whereas my older daughter, my not my oldest daughter, but my older daughter, 14, at uh, college right now, she's doing design technology. She has no interest in technology at all. She's doing design technology where she's designing the EQ aspect of the technology that they're implementing within the within the class she's in, wow. and, and so the, the so they are starting to grasp that they need to shift this in the schools. But I think it's they they have a long way to go. They do, and I think it's you know it's an acorn and a you know tree yes. and stuff, yes. and I, I think it's got a long way to go, and it will probably come through not our children but our no. children's generation. Yeah with more of that and also you know we will also see a massive push of women in the industry as well i really hope after covid we don't suddenly go backwards and people choose the the technical skill rather than the overall Mm. skill because the other thing uh, and i'll go back to talking about schools but the other thing about working mums is as we know they're some of the most 
productive, tenacious and focused workers because they're taking time away from their family, they're doing the balance, they're taking them to, to you know, they're doing their customer bit, working for their yeah. customer, they can, then they're going to pick up their kids, then they're taking them to dancing or they're taking them to rugby or they're going to the gym at ridiculous hours in the morning, they're creating this whole life and everything they do uh, that's not involving their children is at a very high level yeah. because they're trying to cram stuff into six hours and they know it's taken away from their family time yeah. because women still generally as a rule and this is you know an overall sort of aspect are the the keepers of the social calendar they are the runners of the home I mean we all know that a guy will go, what are we doing on Saturday? Well, and the mum will go, so Billy's got rugby and Jane's got dancing and then we need to go to blah, blah and get a present and there's Susie's birthday and da-da-da-da and then we're going out with, yeah. t- you know, Tom and um, Sally in the evening and the kids are out here and here and here and Dad goes, right. And he goes, what do I need to do? And you've given your task. That's a generalisation. Yeah. We haven't quite managed to get to the partnership bit as well but that because, and these skills transfer into coming back into IT. Oh, absolutely. It's like you can, you know, you financial management, task management, facilitation, allocation, Thank you know, you. strategic thinking, <laughs> crisis management, the, you know, leotard's not washed. What do I do about that crisis management? You know, so it, it, I mean, I'm being flippant, but these are actual things that you should not be penalized for. Right. It might, you may not have the highest technical skill set that you had when you left, but you have a wealth of how to deal with things in a calm, constructive, Managed, managed way, which is a career aspect. It is a brilliant thing to bring into your role. It's just not a C plus plus or a well, and and it's and it's difficult to document that. And their skill sets learned. It's yeah. you know, it's not something yeah. that you know you get a certificate for. That's right. It's not something that it's an easy line item on a CV. I think this is. I don't know if you're aware of this, but most of the top 100 companies in the U.S. are using AI algorithms to assess candidates before they go in for interviews, before a recruiter even looks at them. So they're pre-filtering the the things. Amazon has dropped that. So Amazon is not using an AI algorithm anymore. I think they dropped it about maybe a year ago, two years ago. What they found was the algorithm was sexist. It was biased against women because it was trained on the recruiters that had been biased against women to begin with, when they saw a name on a on a uh, CV that was a woman's name, they automatically said, well, she's probably not as technical, and they would go to somebody else. And the algorithm learned from that and became sexist. So they've now gone back to a person is now filtering it through, and they're making other efforts. But it's difficult, right? So even if you take the name off of the CV, so I don't imagine that it has Amanda Watson on it, so I don't automatically think you're a girl. When I look at the skill set, how do you capture all of those EQ and leaderships and versatility and how do you capture all that onto it? So some of the functional CVs that I've now started to see come through that don't say I did this job and I got this certificate, but instead say I have this skill and and capability and this skill and capability and this skill and capability are really starting to transform. But it's 
it's not easy. It's not easy, but it has to happen that way. And that's why we have this push on, you know, soft skills are now called power skills, as they should be. And yep. they are not. I'll never forget when Matt Hadlow said to me, you know, but but I have some of that skill set, Amanda, and I'm a, I'm a, a guy. And I went, they're, they're called masculine and feminine. That doesn't mean you have to be yeah. feminine to only have feminine oh, skills. I'm remember that. So, so let me get this straight. So, so Matthew Hadlow has feminine <laughs> skills. I'm going to highlight that one in this podcast. A communication nurturing <laughs> admin, you know, but no, he, yeah, and you know, he was he was going through a period of how do I get more women in my team, which of course now there's there's more balance in all of yeah. the teams, right? So, and I think it's an awareness because one of the first things I learned at Tech Women was a couple of statistics around how men and women read job adverts or job. I yeah. was going to touch on that. Okay, yeah. so one of the first things I learned was, and there's statistics to prove this. When, when a male, a chap, gentleman, we'll call him, reads a job description that is out, out there by a recruiter, he will go through and he will think, yeah, yeah, I'm quite comfortable with that. I'm about 50% comfortable. Yes, I'll apply for it. Yeah. If it says you need to be on call, there might be some travel, there will be some overtime, he will think to himself, yeah, that's okay. You know, I've, got, I've got family unit at home that can support me. Yeah. That's good. I'll apply for it. Now, women, by nature, for some reason, look at a job description and will go through, oh, I've only got a bit of that. Oh, I've only got a bit of that. I'm not sure about that. Oh, do they mean this? And, oh, on call. Will that affect my husband's on call? Will that affect Johnny's rugby? Will that affect Emma's ballet? And so a woman will only apply, apparently according to statistics, if they are 80% and over comfortable with what they see in a job description. Now, what we want to wrap around that is job descriptions are quite technical. They're not saying, you know, do you have conflict management, which you learned a couple of years ago through, you know, through your home life environment. Do you, you know, you can prioritize things, but we're not going to put priority management you know, or relationship skills or culture skills. Well, the, the recruiters go, how do I measure that? How do you measure it? Exactly. And we've gone, which is the great change about CVs, because I, I talk to people in recruitment all the time, and in particular, a, a lady called Emma Southwood, who is at a recruitment company up in Auckland, and she's part of Tech Women. And we talk about this. She's going to be part of Return to IT as well. How do you how do you read a job advert, mm. a job description, and get the nuggets of information through all the technical waffle waffle that actually apply to you? Yeah. And as a as a woman applying for something, well, this goes for anybody. Ask. When you say on call, how many times will yeah. that be? Or when you're writing that job advert, Mr. Employer, go, on. think of the person reading it. On call will be once in six weeks. Travel will be once in three yeah. months. Because then a woman or a reader or a, a patriarch in their family, you know, maybe the, the, the father is running the show, um, and balancing all the social needs for whatever reason, yeah. you know, that extended family, the parental person will, or the support network will look at it and go, ah, once every six weeks, I can do that. Yeah. Once every three months, I can do that and support the family, yep. you know. So I think it's 
two-sided responsibility, which is, and I know I've worked with Kevin, Kev, Kevin Hart and Joe a lot yeah. on this as yeah. well, is that how do you write that into an advert? Yeah. You know, how do you get it to make sense? And there are, going back to the masculine words and the feminine words, there's actually a calculator on, on Google, I don't know if I've shared it with you as well as the others, where you can type in a word and you can see which are resonate as a feminine word, yeah. like culture, team, empathy, balance, you know, those sort of things. Yeah. And then there are masculine words, which is leadership. And I can't even think of any more because I'm so used to focusing well, on Well, so, so I actually, so I write a lot of articles that we publish on social media. I actually have an AI tool that gives me an empathy reading through that that tells me which words I've used in which manner, and and, and I will awesome. actually take them in context within the rest of the rest of the sentence. Or I'd love to share that. Yeah, is that, is that something that's shareable? Well, it's a subscription service. I'll include oh. notes in the in the podcast to it. Cool. I just need to get permission from them to do that. That's the reason I'm not saying their name here. Okay. But I'll include notes in the podcast to it. But yeah, it's a it's a great tool. So when I write an article, job posting, mm. I put it in there, and it will literally give me a scoring assessment of it. And it's not. Sometimes sometimes it's not one word. It's one word used with two or three other words that has an index to it that causes it to rise or fall. So, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I'll get permission and then I'll share it out through there. That's awesome because I know our um, recruitment team, you know, I know that, that they're really strong on that as well. Yeah. You know, and... We have a very good recruitment absolutely team. Absolutely. Fantastic. And, and also, you know, being able to... See, one of the things we've also done at Tech Women, one of our webinars was women back yourself. So we need to educate women on understanding when you read a job advert, just push yourself a little bit further. Yeah. You know, don't don't wait and stop. Just chuck it out there. You know, get out your CV yeah. and see what happens. And CVs are obviously changing structure. We're going to do a lot of that and return on I, a return to IT as we, we do that program of the over the year. So in our return to IT, we're going to have three different sections that run throughout the year. We're going to introduce it at the end of this month. And then there's going to be like a graduate entry yeah. element, which people are just coming in. So that's, that's also for the younger sort of age 25, 26, 27. They're coming in. They may have gone overseas. They may have gone and been a barista for a year yeah. or whatever they've decided to do and you know we're going to give lots of supporting information on how to come back into IT our middle section in the year will be a lot about the maternity paternity extended family what are your rights you know how to balance things yeah. you know all sorts of, and then the end one is the established role which is my sort of area you know you might take time off to be an entrepreneur you might take time yeah. off to go to another country for a year to visit parents ailing parents or whatever how do you return into IT what's all the support you need things you could be thinking of all those things that you've gained so there's lots and lots of information in there which really helps like a breadth of yeah. people so lots and lots there lots and lots of content well yeah and, and, and it, it it will apply to everybody so I mean yeah, yeah because we're now seeing uh, a lot of younger men that are deciding to you know take that year whereas they used to take a year off and just do barista work now they're taking a year off and doing gig work yeah. Which is really hard to, to record on a CV. Oh, yeah, I was, you know, I would do two hours here and I would do 10 hours there. And it, that's very difficult to record on a CV. So. And again, we're going back to skill as in, a, you know, like a power skill or a, you Absolutely. know, a, a different, it's not a technical skill, it's a yeah. life skill, a behavioral skill, a human skill. I actually, I did an interview of a software developer who had been doing gig economy or gig uh, jobs for about, about two or three years. And 
in the interview, I said, your CV doesn't talk anything about time management or financial contract management or, you know, how you did negotiations with businesses. None of that's in there. Are, are you telling me you didn't do any of that? And he was like, no, 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 I, I did it all the time. I had, you know, always had two or three jobs going at the same time. So I had to time manage that stuff and I had to, you know, context switch between them. And, and I went, well, then it's a skill. Put it in your CV. Yeah, he just hadn't thought of it. it well, yeah, it was his day-to-day. Yeah. It, it, was, it would be like me saying, yeah, I filled out my timesheet. I have a skill to fill out my timesheet. Added it, <laughs> which, by the way, <laughs> we, I joke about that. Some people don't understand how to fill out a timesheet correctly. And so sometimes having that skill is, yeah. is a useful skill. But, yeah, I think uh, – so I think going back to the very beginning of this, I think – that businesses and organizations will rise as the diversity goes up. The value for it will open the door for men to feel more comfortable that they can have these EQ skills, these power skills. Absolutely. And it will bring women to the table and others to the table that have not been fairly represented from a fairness perspective. And I'm air, I'm air quoting fairness because I have an, a whole opinion about fairness versus non-fairness. But I think there's value and I think it's represented. I mean, the organizations that have risen have shown that the diversity has a hugely powerful benefit for the long-term running of businesses and organizations. Well, Amanda, I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It has been a, a, a truly spectacular conversation and, and your light and energy for this topic. It, it's just incredible. I could sit down and talk to you for forever. Would you like to give a shout out to anybody in, in particular or where could people find you on the internet? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed being here and I feel like we've we covered so many topics at like a surface level. And if you ever stop me in the street, I'll get really impassioned and talk about my favorite topic, you know, which also results in empowerment, I think, as well. So I, so, so I have lots of different feelings about this, all of which are, are good. So we can be found, the website is Tech Women New Zealand. And we are also on LinkedIn and we have a Twitter uh, account as well and Facebook. Now, these are being revamped at the moment, not LinkedIn. That's all good and up and running to become a Tech Women member you can go to the membership page of Tech Women and it's, you find that you might work for a company that already has an affiliation with NZ Tech, yeah. so your membership will be covered, but it's a nominal fee. Yeah. It's, it's not too much at all. And I have to say, we've recently gone through a process of interviewing some people or talking to some people for their council membership. Mm. We have spoken to some incredible women. I'm just incredible. Their skill set, their passion, their diversity, their how they got there, their journey. Wonderful companies, Air New Zealand, Zero, you know, also Microsoft, AWS, so many wonderful companies with so many wonderful people out there. And we are creating a, a platform for that voice, for that collective passion, for that collective proactive support. And I'm off again and we're supposed to be wrapping nope, up. No, that's and okay. Here I go. No, no, no that's okay. I said, passion of flowing. No, no, I, I, the, a shout out. I think it's legitimate. And I will make sure that we have links to all everything you just mentioned in the podcast notes. So if you're listening to this and, and something sounds interesting, and by the way, 
I'll include Amanda's serving email address as well as Amanda's LinkedIn profile as well in the podcast notes. Either reach out to Amanda or reach out to the, the tech forum or follow, definitely follow them on Twitter and Facebook um, and on LinkedIn as well. Absolutely. Well, this has been the, the Technology Whispers with Amanda Watson talking about women in tech. And I hope we just demystified a little bit of, of the value of the power skills that women can bring to organizations. Thank you very much.